1: Monday to Friday, 7am to 8:30am. double.
2: your
3: Good morning. Welcome to 3CR Thursday Breakfast, 8:55am. Um We are incredibly excited this morning on, what is it, the 4th of October? Yes. Um Because we have Katia back oh. at Long last. <laughs>
4: yeah! Welcome back, Katia.
0: Thank you. I know. It's been a whole month that I haven't been here for. It's,
3: I can't believe it. I know. Where have you been?
0: I've been in Japan. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, uh, it was well, just I amazing. I love Japan a lot and I, th- I did the thing that everybody does when they come back from Japan which is immediately go online and look for work in Japan um, <laughs> <laughs> so we just I just we had an amazing time we travelled the length of the country and ended in this really beautiful place that I recommend if people ever go to Japan to visit Yakushima which is a really beautiful island right at the bottom the tip of Kyushu which uh, is a national park island it's got trees that are up to 7,000 years old and monkey mm. and deer and you can go snorkelling and it's amazing And it was the inspiration for the film Princess Mononoke, for any Studio Ghibli fans out there. And I'm a big Studio Ghibli fan. So, yes, it's amazing. Amazing. But I'm actually really excited to be back on Thursday breakfast. I missed you guys. When did you
3: get back? Friday.
0: Okay. Yeah. So it's been a week.
4: Oh, so the jet lag is...
0: Yeah, there wasn't much jet lag because it's only an hour difference. Just a little bit. Yeah, so it was more the, like, post-Japan blues rather than... Any jet lag. Yeah. <laughs> <Posture> <laughs> and, but do you feel like you're settling back into the groove of
3: Melbourne? S-
0: slowly, but I'm pretty out of the loop. So <laughs> I'm not going to be much help this morning with anything that's actually going on in the world. Um, There's okay. <laughs> plenty going on in the
4: world, <laughs> including Japan. <laughs>
3: yeah, so yeah, but I feel like I'm slowly going getting back into it. Yeah, we're just so stoked that you're here. Oh, I mean, I'm really yeah, glad. It's <laughs> right. funny,
0: while I was away, I like, didn't miss any of my other work, but I missed <laughs> hanging out with, <laughs> hanging out with the Thursday Breakfast about. team,
3: <laughs> and also hopefully next week we might all be reunited as the four of us. Yes. We we send our love and good wishes to darling Shahrazad who is um battling her way through an ethics application for her PhD. Yes. Um, so she's working on that today instead of being here. But maybe next week we'll be four of we'll us in be- the studio. Oh. I know. I, we, that never
0: happens. No. <laughs> oh, yeah,
4: and Sh- Shahrazad or Shahrazad now has um, officially changed that name. So oh. we're, t- we're trying to. M- no, no, we're not officially. Okay. We're, t- we're trying to make her name Shahrazad. Stick. Shahrazad. So we okay. were we'll talking about that last week. Okay. And she's like, um, I want to actually take ownership back of my name. Shahrazad is how it was pronounced in, in her native. Okay. Or not in in her home, yeah. In her so home, with her family and everything. So she's like. I'm so
0: more emphasis on the Z rather on the than Zard. Z yeah.
4: Okay. See, I thought it was Shahrazad it was Shahrazad. Shahrazad. Yeah. Okay. Shahrazad. Great. So yeah, let's call it that. I'll try and make it stick.
3: <laughs> yeah, and so this morning, what do we have on?
4: Well, a few things uh, A few things lined up this morning. Uh, we will be uh, hearing. Um, a brief audio from um Niep's Memorial last week. Mm. Um from his mom. So um, we'll look to hear that and maybe get get an idea of what um she was going through as she's finally broken her silence. Um also at seven thirty uh today we'll have Alice Sky um in the studio. Um she No, not just on the phone. Uh on the phone, well on the studio um, sound, <laughs> let's say that. She'll be um, joining us um, on the phone. And also, Tayshawn hearn will also be joining us on the phone. I'll say that clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, later today, this morning, Renee will be joined by Kalyani Muntaz. And, um, yeah, we we'll look forward to having some good chats today.
3: What's yeah, it? absolutely. But sure we jump into a track now? Yes, we're going to go to
0: Raven Lene's sticky Wonderful.
5: at Monash Health then we need your help because we care for patients from so many countries speaking so many different languages we need your help to make the patient experience better to make a real difference register to be a consumer advisor visit the Monash Health website monashhealth.org Monash Health is a 3CR supporter Earth's Walk This
3: Way is back. Join us on Saturday, October 13th on a sponsored walk of Melbourne's beautiful Bayside Tracks to launch our new Waste and Consumption Campaign and take action on climate change. Together we'll walk 15 kilometres and raise $20,000 for Friends of the Earth. We will be highlighting key issues around climate resilience, rising sea levels and plastic pollution in our oceans. Getting involved is simple. Sign up online at walkthisway.org.au Get sponsored Spread the word and get walking. Join us as we journey through coastal communities who are most vulnerable to the impact of climate change. We'll finish up with a community picnic in the Katani Gardens in St Kilda. Friends of the Earth is a proud supporter of CCR.
6: The Environmental Film Festival Australia is on again. See the impact of climate change and meet heroes fighting for justice. Witness the beauty of nature and hear the sounds of our world. Meet the filmmakers and experts inspiring change and join the conversation to create a sustainable future. Face the facts, face the future, face the films. The Environmental Film Festival Australia in Melbourne from October the 11th to the 19th. Tickets at effa.org.au a 3CR supporter.
4: You're on 3CR Thursday Breakfast. The time is now 10 past 7 in the morning. Uh, if you were just um, joining us, uh, we will be uh, listening to a small uh, part of an interview um, with uh, a South Sudanese woman who's Lyap uh, mother. Lyap if you um, haven't heard um, of him before, he was a young man that um eleven years ago was um viciously attacked um that resulted in his um death and it was a racially motivated attack um that has taken a toll um specifically on his family but um largely on the community um and sort of showing us the, the, the bad side of um, this recent uh, evil, evil kind of politics and what it leads to. And uh, if irresponsible comment and rhetoric is carried on, this is the kind of things um, it leads to. Um, this memorial as well was um, to serve as a reminder of um, some of the effects that can come from that, um, from irresponsible, irresponsible politics. Um, but it's also, um, a way to remember that there are different ways, um, to go ahead and more peaceful ways. Um, and also to say never again, um, we can't let these kinds of things happen. So yeah, um, I, I will not, uh, talk much more and we'll go right into it and hear from her.
7: We're just waiting for Mum. mom, she's, she's coming up the stairs. Um, she will speak and I will uh, translate for her.
8: I'm
7: very happy to see all of you here today. I feel as if you've all left your jobs and your homes to come and stand with me today. Thank you. Thank you, because by coming here I feel like you've recognized my pain. Uh, I'm here because of my son Lip. When Lip died, I didn't say much because I felt as if my whole life was destroyed and I was just lying down on the ground.
8: I would have liked then to have told you who the real lip was.
7: I gave birth to Lyp at a place where there was a lot of trouble. I also went, uh, I went also went through a difficult pregnancy. Ma one of my aunties there was the midwife who h- helped me give birth to Liv. At that time, she would encourage me as I went through a
8: difficult pregnancy. And told her, I told her, I
7: Even through my difficult pregnancy, I still gave
8: birth to Liab. And
7: I left my country because we were having a lot of trouble at the time. My husband was arrested and we were being harassed.
8: I left my country because we were having a lot of trouble at the time.
7: I then left my country for a refugee camp,
8: but when I arrived at
7: that refugee camp, another trouble befell me because two of my children um, were in a house when it caught fire. One of my kids was burned seriously on one side and the other kid was killed in the fire. When I came to Australia, I thought I'd run away from all the trouble and
8: hunger. I was very happy here. My family first settled in Tasmania.
7: And in when I found Leb here, who had arrived with my mom earlier, I found him. He was a strong kid.
8: Leb was the one who taught me
7: everything when I came here. He taught me which bins I was supposed to put the recycling in and which ones I was supposed to put the green grass in.
8: Leb told everyone, Australia."
7: He never had any debts. Lieb used to even help me take his little sister to the childcare because he was the one
8: translating for me.
7: As you can see, I'm still struggling with the, with the language. This is why the, my own speech is being translated for me.
8: On the night that he was killed, he had, he had called me, around eight to nine o'clock. At that time, when he
7: called me, I was, I was at a meeting preparing for one of Leop's sister's wedding. And when I was at that meeting, um, was had gone out to go and buy paint to come and paint the house in preparation for the weddings and the guests to arrive. He wanted to do everything in a hurry because at that time he had also got a job um, to go and start working full-time in Kolak.
8: Leop wanted to work because he said he wanted to
7: buy me a home. Leop had always seen me suffer and so to make me happy was one of
8: the things he wanted to do. When
7: I got to the train station to pick him up, he wasn't
8: there. also
7: sadly, one of his, he had called one of his cousins, but when one of his cousins arrived there, he didn't find up, but only found his brother and took his brother away..
8: It's
7: disturbing to me to think that maybe at the time when I went to the train station and I was looking around for Leop that it was the time that he was at the same time being bitten and being
8: attacked. <laughs> When
7: I got home, um, since I didn't find lip, I drove back home. And I got home, I found his little brother was cooking and he offered me food. And I asked him where lip He said, I think he might have gone to one of our auntie's places.
8: Even be- As we were talking, I got a phone call.
7: I was told on the phone that Leb has been found at Noble Park. He was covered in blood, and the ambulance had been called. We we both ran
8: to the um, to the door, my son and I. I got to the station. I called when
7: I got there, I found that Liyab was being um, put into the ambulance, but his whole body had not uh, gone through, so his legs were still hanging out. So both my son and I
8: ran and tried and grabbed him by the legs. All I
7: can remember is being pushed back and having um a jacket uh, dripping with blood thrown at us and seeing the doors of the ambulance shut
8: i was then
7: told to go to alfred hospital that's where i was going
8: to find my son when I arrived there, I was with my little daughter, and as she saw lip
7: and saw all the blood, she started vomiting and vomiting, and so was her cousin. Uh, you might ask, why am I coming today, after 11 years? And she
8: pointed out, she long, 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 long.
7: It has been a very, very,
8: very tough, 11 years. Uh, and Because
7: of Leop killing, my life was destroyed. I felt like I was spending all my time um, either with the police or with the emergency because um, Leop brother was so traumatized by the killing that he began himself to get in trouble. It felt as if I had just become known to all the police, all the doctors, all the emergency people, because I was constantly running between all these groups.
8: Uh,
7: I would like a death like this to never happen again. The death of a child, the death of a
8: young man, is very painful. In my culture, particularly a young man
7: who has no children of his own, is a very painful death and a very painful loss.
8: In in my culture, young
7: men are seen as the power of the community. And even when there are difficulties, they are
8: prioritized. But
7: my heart continues to break because sometimes I see the story of my son used in
8: contexts that are not appropriate. And what you know they're I was shocked because
7: I expected an opposite reaction. My son was not killed because he fought someone. My son was not killed because he did something wrong. My son was killed because of the color of his skin. So I expected a different reaction
8: to, some, to how Leop was treated. about you and the community? I thought
7: that the government and people would stand with me because of the manner in which
8: my son was killed. I hope that what happened to Liab never happened to another young man again. But I feel that for
7: that to happen, for that change to happen, it will require even members of parliament to change the way they talk.
8: But I feel require even members of parliament to change the way they talk. I am not saying that I don't know that some
7: of the things that have been done by some kids are horrible. I know they've broken into homes. I know that they've hurt people. Um, But I also know that this is much more complicated than what we've seen um, in the media. Some of the the solutions that should be suggested are not the kind of
8: rhetoric we have. I would like to ask for patience, particularly
7: from the rest of the community who feels that maybe we were brought here and some of us haven't done the right thing, that it's going to be a matter of time before some of us uh, catch up.
8: year, 9, year I also
7: like to send a message to the teachers and say, you know, allow our kids to go to school, allow them to do, you know, the subjects that they want to do instead of um, te- telling them to go to TAFE and doing all the manual
8: stuff. Uh, the manual stuff
7: and support support our community to provide more education facilities
8: for our young people.
7: For all this, even though my heartbreak, I am still very grateful to live in this beautiful country, to live in a house that has electricity, to live in a space that is safe.
8: Uh, I'd like to say that thank you all for coming and
7: that um, I hope that the stuff that has happened doesn't mean that people like me are not allowed to come to this country again because majority of us are good people. Thank you very much all for coming and standing with me.
2: From every corner of the land, womankind
1: arrives! Women on the Line, a current affairs program devoted to women's voices, covering a diversity of women's interests and hearing women's perspectives on current affairs.
5: Rights, militant plea, never you fear!
6: Erosion
1: of
9: human rights. Leads directly and inevitably to erosion of
1: human security. We do not accept the denial of our rights because the right to have a say over our country is our life. Women on the line. Tune in on Mondays at 8:30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6 a.m. on 3CR Community Radio 855 a.m. and streaming live at 3cr.org.au.
4: You're on 3CR Thursday Breakfast. Uh, if you are just joining us, uh, what we just, uh, listened to was, uh, Liabgoni's mom, Martha Ojulu, um, addressing, um, members of our public, our community, um, activists and alike, um, uh, during Liabgoni's memorial. Uh, she was, uh, assisted in interpretation by Nyadol And um, yeah, so in the interview we heard her um, tell her story um, about uh, all the events from 11 years ago. Um, And now we'll be going on to a song um, before we are joined um, on the phone by Alice Skye. Um, The next track will be Friends With Feelings.
1: I'm Black Betty, and you can join me for Black Noise Radio each Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. Join me each week as I serve you up a deadly fine offering of all things black as we explore black Australia and everything fabulous it has on the offer. We'll check out and see what's making black news locally and from right around Australia. And we'll explore all things Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander and the deadly solid culture and people with a look at community news, views, music, culture and the arts. Hope you can join me for Black Noise Radio featuring black news, views, current affairs, music, culture and the arts from an Aboriginal woman's perspective. That's me, Black Betty. I'll see you Thursdays at 2.
2: Slavery is back.
6: Welcome to a place where private business profit from a captive labour force. Yet pennies are spent on medical services to a population in which
3: the indigenous, the poor and the mentally ill are overrepresented, Where isolation, humiliation and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison.
6: It depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view. The people who work in the prison system would have another. And I think it's up to people to decide uh, where, where the truth is.
1: Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere every Monday at 4pm
0: on your community radio, 3CR.
4: We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution.
3: You're listening to 3CR Thursday Breakfast. It is currently 7.34am on the 4th of October, just before we listen to um, the debut, um, the title track from Alice Skye's debut album, Friends With Feelings. And right now, we're actually so lucky to be chatting with Alice Skye, who is an incredible Wagaya and Wemba woman, woman um, based in Nam, who grew up in the Grampians, creating a songwriting style that is intertwined with mountains and country. She released her debut album, Friends With Feelings, in April 2018, and she's got a gig coming up at the Gasso next Thursday. Good morning, Alice. Good morning. I was wondering if we could just start this morning by talking about what led you to create your very first album um, in April this year, because it's, yeah, it's such an incredible compilation of songs. Um, Thank you. Yeah, what was some of the inspiration or motivation behind it?
9: Um, so I wrote he I wrote a song um sort of between the age of seventeen and twenty, so during a time when I was still living in Horsham and then I moved to Melbourne to study and um didn't do too well at that and was just sort of trying to find my way around things as you do as a young person or as a person (laughs) um
3: so that was yeah that
9: was a lot of the motivation behind the songs was just me being very very confused (laughs) Mm.
3: and how has it felt since releasing it in the couple of months um yeah since you brought that out
9: Um, it's been really nice um i think because it was the first time i've done anything like this i didn't know what the process was like and Sometimes there is a lot of waiting involved and I found that really hard, but um, it's really nice um, being able to let go of songs and let them be interpreted by other people and not just yourself. Um, that's been really nice. Just They sort of get a new meaning instead of just the ones that you, you apply to them.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like I I first studied fine art um, myself and I remember that feeling of, you know, when you create a work um, and once you actually put it out there, you do have to, you know, let go and like you you no longer have control, I guess, of what other people read into it or what they make of it and that's like terrifying but also really exciting as well.
9: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely more terrifying than exciting (laughs) for me but it is exciting, you know, because... That's what I love about music. That's why I listen to music. Mm. So it's nice that other people can do that with mine if they want to.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and on, because yeah, just before we we were listening to Friends with Feelings, um, and in that song there's this line um, about emotions being colours, and I've often thought about that and like where yeah where that's mm-hmm. come from, or um, yeah what you were thinking of when you were writing that. Could you give us yeah is there any sort of backstory to that?
9: Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I have a lot of feeling, obviously, <laughs> Um, and someone I know, I was talking to somebody because quite often after I play a show, people, well, not anymore really, but when I first started, sometimes people would come up to me and say, like, "Oh, your songs are so sad, like, why don't you write an upbeat oh. song? <laughs> And it used to make me feel really bad and I was Mm. telling somebody about that and we were just talking about how it's actually nice to have all of the different kinds of feelings and you can think of them as colours instead of just as the feelings to make them seem less scary if you want to. And I thought that was really nice. Mm. And I just had to think about what I would label the songs as colours and as feelings.
3: mm yeah, I feel like I do a very similar thing, and and I find it really interesting because it's like this the way that listening and seeing sort of become intertwined, like listening and seeing and feeling across the album sort of all slip into one another or something. I really like that. Mm, yeah. um, and another thing that for me really jumps out about the album is the importance of, I guess, of friends and also of sisters, or you know, friends that are sisters and sisters that are friends. Um, mm. Is that, yeah, am I on the money there or? Um... Uh, well, it was a conscious decision.
9: Um, I I mean, yeah, I don't know, I spend a lot of time in my own head when I'm writing songs, so I'm mm. like, so sad, but I'm not really, I don't know, I find it hard to sort of think about other things when I'm doing that. Mm. But I love that that's what you're getting because i Sisters are a huge part of my life and my women in general are a huge, mm. huge part of my life. So it's nice that even inadvertently that happened.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, on that note, is there anyone or anything that you do draw inspiration from particularly, whether that's other music or other people in your life or country or...? Um, I mean,
9: everything. Um, it's, songwriting for me is very immediate. Um, or, like, a very immediate response to my surroundings. So it's sort of just what is happening at the time to me that I'm writing about. Um, but, I don't know, just feelings, like, sorting through feelings, I think. Mm. So, so,
3: yeah. Yeah. And what's on the horizon for you now? Yeah. What's coming up? Um,
9: well, yeah, we've got this show next Week at the um, Gasser in Collingwood um, on Thursday. Um, I'm really excited um, to be playing with Georgia Mac from Camp Coat and a friend of mine, Kalyani, from Willow Beach. I so think it should be a really nice show.
3: Yeah, and we're actually going to be chatting with Kalyani later in the show today, which is really great. Oh. Oh,
9: beautiful!
3: Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, we're running out of time, so we might wrap up there. Um, but how how can people find out more about your work and about the show next week as well?
9: Um, I have a Facebook page just under Alice Sky, um, and also an Instagram under the same name, and also for the show next week. Um, we do have community rates tickets, um, so if you get in touch with me on either of those things, I can help you help community get, um, get onto that.
3: Yeah, wonderful. Um, thanks so much for joining us for a chat this morning, Alice. No
9: worries. Thank you for having me. <whistles>
5: Have you been a patient at Monash Health? Then we need your help. Because we care for patients from so many countries speaking so many different languages, we need your help to make the patient experience better. To make a real difference, register to be a consumer advisor. Visit the Monash Health website, monashhealth.org. Monash Health is a 3CR supporter.
2: Surprise, surprise, surprise It's a show about kids stuff What sort of kid stuff? All sorts of kid stuff I'm Carl Punazzo And I'm Daniel Salvatore, Christopher, I can <laughs> And we are Playing the platters that matter Spinning the discs with a twist Talking the job that will keep you alive To so make, make sure, sure you really, really exist Every Thursday
4: From 3.30 till 4
2: Right here on 3CR
4: 8.55 on your AM dial
2: <laughs> we have giveaways and question time
1: We'll need you to SMS your favourite line
2: So tune in to find out what's going on in our world I'm Diana, surprise, surprise
1: Kilda, Melbourne's Trans and Gender Diverse Film Festival is launching its 2018 program on October the 11th. The program runs from Thursday the 8th to Sunday the 11th of November at Footscray
0: Community Arts Centre and celebrates the best trans and gender diverse cinema on offer along with Q&A sessions with festival guests and opening and closing night events. Program details and tickets are available at TildaMelbourne.com, a 3CR supporter. You're on 3CR, 855 AM. It's just on 749 and we heard from Willow Beats, Be Kind to Yourself. And we'll be speaking to Kalyani uh, later in the show today, who's from Willow Beats. But up next, we are going to be speaking with Tishan Ahern, who is the organiser and producer of the People His- People's History of Brunswick tour uh, that'll be launched by Melbourne City Libraries next week and they're two self-guided audio tours of Radical Brunswick welcome Tishan. thank you good morning good morning so what exactly are these self-guided tours that are going to be launching next week
6: Yes, yeah, so I've been collaborating with uh, historians in McIntyre, uh, which some listeners might be familiar with here on 3 and Melinda Barry. And look, they've produced these two walking tours of radical Brunswick during the Depression. So basically what we're doing is we're launching these two tours next Tuesday uh, at Brunswick Library, the next Tuesday, the 9th, at Brunswick Library. And um, uh, what they are is these walking tours. People can walk the streets of Brunswick and kind of immerse themselves in the radical history of Brunswick. During the Depression, they can follow in the footsteps of Noel Coonaghan and Shorty Petullo in the free speech fight. I uh, hear about Noel Coonaghan locking himself in a cage to address a crowd of thousands on Sydney Road, Shorty Patullo jumping atop a streetcar to evade arrest from the police, uh, unemployed workers storming the Brunswick Town Hall to demand that the council provides relief, and all sorts of other amazing stories of you know social struggle and activism during the Depression.
0: It sounds amazing. So, and I, I love things like this because Melbourne is such a vibrant place in terms of its long history of activism and. Um, radical free speech and action so it's really exciting that uh, people can actually engage with
6: some of these uh, histories. I think so I think there's look one of the most exciting things about this project is like I'm a bit of a history nerd and I I love you know histories of, of struggle and also of um of struggle when when we win you know so on in mcintyre's tour it's called lock out the landlords uh which is a great name you know you can walk around the streets of brunswick and hear uh you know visit a house where um hundreds of people from the local anti-eviction committee uh defended a family from getting evicted and they ended up beating up a bailiff and sending him packing. So these are really, really material things. If we were thinking the early 1930s, there's a Great Depression has happened. There's huge poverty that we really, sort of, most of us today can't really imagine. Mm. And this is about working class people um, working together in solidarity for, you know, for each other um, and to, you know, fight for their most basic needs. And to give you a bit of an idea about how this tour is actually going to work, it's using a app, a smartphone app, which anyone can download. In fact, you can download it right now if you're listening. The app's called Echoes, that's E-C-H-O-E-S, and you can find Echoes on the Apple App Store or -hmm. the Google Play Store. You download Echoes and then you can download these People's History of Brunswick tours. Um, and you can walk the streets of Brunswick and do these tours anytime, or you can even be an armchair tourist and yeah. and um and download these tours and listen to the audio from home. Um, so launching next Tuesday the 9th uh, at Brunswick Library, yeah. 7.30 in the evening, we're going to have a panel discussion with historians Ian and Melinda, who are our tour guides, yeah. and a bit of a Q&A. And, um, we'll hear all about how you can embark on these tours.
0: Amazing. How long do the tours go for?
6: Each tour has, um, six locations. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all around sort of really central Brunswick starting, um, one of them starts at Brunswick Town Hall and the other one starts just down on Barclay Street. Um, so we'll, you know, you can kind of take, uh, as long as you like, wander in the streets. Each, um the audio goes for about three minutes in each location so um which is kind of you know I think just enough time to to hear some really interesting sort of bits of history and then you get to keep walking on to the next spot mm-hmm. and the app echoes gives you a map so you can see where you are where the next uh, location is on the tour and then and then you play the audio through the app
0: yeah, it's actually nice. They're just short little snippets. So if you, I guess if you're sort of in Brunswick, even on the weekend, going out for bre- breakfast or something, and then you can quickly do a little three-minute tour and find
6: out some Totally, amazing yeah, history. or you might just find that there's a, there's a spot of radical history just next to where you're having your breakfast.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. How did you get involved in this, Tisha?
6: Uh, so I've been producing this for Morland Libraries, Um, who are hosting the tours and uh, and where the event is happening uh, this Tuesday at Brunswick Library. So I guess it's sort of a part of the work that libraries do in highlighting local history. Um, But what I was really interested in was I think local history sometimes can be a bit of a dull thing, but I don't think it has to be. And I think what I sort of really wanted to highlight with this is just how interesting history can be. And, um, you know, history isn't made by kings and politicians and even city mayors, it's made by us. And, um, you know, Ian and Melinda um, have both done a lot of research in creating these tours and I, they they had already developed these tours and I thought what would be a great way to highlight this work that they've done is, um, is put it in this sort of interactive format as, of the app
0: that's amazing. There is actually, um, cause I, I've heard of these sort of tour, these self-guided tours happening before. I know that there's one for reservoir about amazing kind of reservoir houses, um, cause I'm a reservoir resident. Oh, and, right. Yeah. And I, I wish I could remember the name of it now, but some like long-term reservoir residents got together and made this interactive map in a similar way where you walk through the streets and you, um, spot out you know a house that has you know amazing lion heads on the gate and things like that so it's a really (laughs) great way to engage the public in kind of local histories in an interactive way using technology yeah totally Uh, well thank you so much for speaking with us today just before you go so it's Mm -hmm. uh it's next tuesday so can you give our listeners some information about how they can um, come down to the panel discussion
6: yeah, so we'll be launching it next Tuesday, uh, the 9th of October at Brunswick Library. Brunswick Library is on the corner of Sydney Road and Dawson Street. If you know where the Brunswick Baths is, it's kind of diagonally opposite to that. So it's 7.30 in the evening next Tuesday at Brunswick Library. Come along. It's free. Um, we'll be having a chat with Ian and Melinda. You can ask your own questions, um, ask questions about the history, about the process of doing the research and uh, yeah it should be a really fun night
0: and do people need to register for the event or can they just come along
6: yeah look you can do either really you can register online through eventbrite if you search for people's history of brunswick or you can just come along on the night and we'd love to see you there
0: fantastic and so people can download that through so they download echoes and then they can access people's history of brunswick
6: that's right yeah so download the echoes app for your smartphone or tablet and um, you could get going on the, the walk today, even if you wanted. But those walks will be up. Um, so that, look for the next uh, few weeks, you'll be able to access those. Um,
0: yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tyson. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <phone rings>
1: Join us for the launch of the 2019 How to Make Trouble and Influence People Diary on Saturday the 6th of October from 3 to 6pm at The Old Bar, Johnson Street, Fitzroy. There'll be readings as well as music from Cold Hands, Warm Heart and Laura McFarlane. is free. Proceeds from the diary sales and 20% of the afternoon's bar takings will be donated to 3CR and the Rainforest Information Centre. So come read, drink and be merry. How to Make Trouble and Influence People Diary Launch. The Old Bar, Saturday 6th of October, 3 to 6pm. See you there. 3CR supporter. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday,
4: Years in the Making, Radical Radio celebrating 40 years of 3CR is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station.
1: At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. 3CR's Radical Radio book is now on sale for just $30. You can get your copy of 3CR's book at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy or online at 3CR.org.au forward slash shop. Get a piece of your own history on sale for just $30. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. The Indigenous
0: Social Justice Association Melbourne is continuing its Stop Failing Our Kids campaign until this year's Victorian state election. We're asking people to sign an online petition and to send postcards to Premier Daniel Andrews, calling for his government to abandon plans to build a $288 million youth prison at Cherry Creek. We want that money directed to culturally appropriate programs to address the underpinning issues rather than incarcerating children. For more information and to sign the petition, visit Istra Melbourne's Facebook page. Postcards are available at 3CR and locations listed at istramelbourne.com. Premier, it's time your government stopped failing the kids. Istra Melbourne is a 3CR supporter.
3: You're on 3CR Thursday Breakfast with me, M. Katia and Apech. Um, it's now slap bang on eight o'clock and we're going to jump into an interview with Kalyani Mumtaz um, and we listened to a track um, just before by Willow Beats and Kalyani was one half of Willow Beats um, and now, yeah, so she is a Pymara woman and one half of electronic duo Willow Beats um, who will be performing along Alice. Sky, who we talked with earlier this morning at the Gasso next Thursday. So, good morning, Kalyani. Good morning.
10: Hello. How are you going okay. today? Yeah, I'm really well. How about you?
3: Yeah, pretty well. Um, so, yeah, as I mentioned, we were really lucky to chat with Alice earlier this morning. Um, so we have a real oh, sort of lovely. like power team um, lined yeah. up. I was wanting to start, though, could you just give us a bit of an overview of, yeah, of your work over the past few years?
10: Ah, uh, um, where to start? So, yeah, as you mentioned, I um, kind of began playing music in a professional sense with um, an electronic group called Willow Beat. And we started when I was about 14, so um, did that for about seven years. But, um, yeah, recently, like this year, we played our last shows together,
2: mm-hmm.
10: which was really amazing. Um, and yeah, it was really nice to kind of close that part mm-hmm. of my process. Um, but I've also released a single, um, with another project called Kalyani and Isha. Um, it's a bit more like, soft and gentle and very Mm -hmm. ballad-driven. And I've also just kind of been performing randomly, like just here and there um, as a solo musician, because a lot of the songs I wrote for Willow Beats, though they became these massive, like, pop monsters, a lot of them began as, yeah, very much like Mm pianos, soft piano ballads. So it's been really nice to kind of, yeah, share that part. Of willow beats with everyone
3: yeah I hadn't realized you'd been doing it since you were 14 that's such a long time
10: yeah yeah wow. very massive chunk of my life
3: <laughs> what's it I guess uh, yeah in, in a way I guess you've sort of almost grown up on stage in that sense or you know through willow beats obviously so many changes have taken place yeah. um yeah, and coming out of that now and looking to what's next, how does yeah how how do you sort of even create space to yeah, reflect on all those changes or what you've learnt along the way?
10: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's been really interesting because I think to do a um, project kind of of that magnitude, you have to have like a really big dream propelling you forward Mm -hmm. otherwise it's just too hard because to work that hard like as hard as we worked, yeah you really have to be working towards a goal um which we hit in many ways but kind of the overall dream of this being a forever thing it's almost like a like the end of a relationship Mm -hmm. um so you kind of have to stop and like kind of turn to the side, like turn a few degrees and refocus. So this year's, well, hasn't been a year yet, but yeah, these kind of past few months have been very much that, just kind of rewiring all the things that I thought and what I really want and what's what's important and who's important. Mm. Yeah, so it's a massive process.
3: Yeah, of course. And... I believe that you you also you, you're not I mean you're obviously so heavily engaged in in the music industry, but you also do work in other areas as well. Because um, I think you were involved in some art and curating during NADOC this year. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about that?
10: Yeah. So I think stepping off the stage has been a really lovely thing, and um, stepping behind others so. Yeah, curating has been a really great way to kind of support other people, like especially mob and kind of do behind-the-scenes work, which has felt really nice. Um, so I'm part of an art collective, um, a black arts collective called This Mob, um, which was founded by Kate Buren and we do quite a lot of things together. We've run workshops and, yeah, curated Exhibitions, but a lot of it is just about building spaces um, for mob to come together and relax and um, just celebrate one another.
3: Mm. and is this does this mob have any um, projects on the horizon?
10: Oh we are running a series of workshops at the moment at signal. Um, they are for um, mobs so there was a makeup workshop with um, Rosie Kalina, who's like a really deadly makeup artist, and I did a live drawing workshop. Um, so, yeah, we got to practice our drawing skills. And I think there's one more coming up, which is a collage workup- workshop at Signal. So that's for mob only. Um, if you look up this mob on Insta, you can get updates.
3: Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And how do you feel about, I guess, the... Um the resonance or the overlaps or the differences between art making and music making? Um, I think it's all very
10: much one and the same, especially if you're as involved as I am with the music. So, yeah, there's no part of it that I leave kind of unturned and then together with the actual music like all of the music videos and all the visual aspects like the album art like that was all coming from us so kind of been a very three-dimensional thing Mm. um yeah. yeah but it's very different going from being in a studio all day every day to then like working with people and working with artists and it's been a lot more collaborative like Willow Beats was very collaborative, so it was just me and Narayan, so there's a lot more now.
3: Mm.
10: Just different, yeah.
3: Yeah, and, and across all those forms of creative practice, um, who, who or what do you draw influence from? Hmm.
10: Well, it's been challenging, actually, because I recently moved here from the country, well, here, meaning Nunum, Melbourne, from northern New South Wales, um, Bundjalung country. And I lived in an old wooden house, like kind of in the forest. And my inspiration then was very much that, like silence and nature and kind of adding something to silence, which I've been talking to my partner a bit about recently. Um, And that has been such a massive shift moving to the city, like, um, yeah, we talk about how like there's so many noises, sometimes you just don't want to add any (laughs) more. But I think that's why my practice has kind of moved more towards the people and collaboration. Um, yeah, so it's very much inspired by just like love for my culture and also love for my friends.
3: Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and what are you excited about at the moment, whether that's, um, things that are coming up for you or stuff that other people are involved in? Yeah. Is there anything that you particularly want to flag that you're yeah really stoked about?
10: Oh, um yeah actually. well, it happened, but it happened last night um the tandarum mm, um in yeah. Federation square, like seeing the Kulin Nation come together and celebrate like it was so incredibly beautiful um yeah, it's like a ancient ceremony that kind of stopped because of colonization and it was um. Brought back, like, woken up about six years ago for Melbourne Festival by, yeah, the Kula Nation and it's incredible.
3: Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, it was so amazing. Um, well, yeah, we're unfortunately running out of time, but how about, can you let listeners know how they can find out more about your work um, and also about the show that you'll be playing with Alice next week?
10: Yes. Yeah, so I I think the best way to keep up with me is just by following me on Instagram because it's the only thing I actually update, um, which is Kalyani Montaz on Instagram. And we have Alice, um, George, Georgia Mac, and I have a show coming up at the Gasometer um, on the 11th of October. It's going to be really sweet. Might do some um, like low-key vocals with Alice. We'll see. Um, yeah, so
3: that'll be really sweet. Yeah, amazing. We're, well, the whole Thursday Breakfast crew is going to be coming along um, to the gaso next Thursday. So, we yeah, we really look forward to seeing you there.
10: Oh, cute. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah. <laughs>
3: All right. Well, you have a great day, um, Kalyani. So nice to talk with you.
10: You too. So good to talk.
3: You're listening to 3CR Thursday Breakfast, 8.05am. It's currently quarter past eight in the morning. Um And now we just want to, I guess, share share a few announcements about things that are coming up. Oh, also, hold on. That track was, what was it called? Just, it was, I think a pitch has the details. It was
0: Kayla yeah, that's All
4: I Came For by Kalyani and Isha, her new single as she just told us before.
3: Yeah, and she'll be playing along with Alice Sky at the Gasso next Thursday. Um Do come along if you can. We'll all be there. And like you might have heard of while I was playing a community announcement before, I forgot to turn my mic off. (laughs) <laughs> and we started talking about the fundraiser. So fortunately we weren't talking about anything like more
0: of <laughs> No, no. And, and it's kind of like we did two community service <laughs>
3: announcements at once. Yes. Two birds, one stone. But so we thought we'd let you know about the fundraiser. Um, so all the, because as you know, sort of like there's a different breakfast team every um, day during the week and on Saturdays too. And so we're holding a movie screening event as a fundraiser um, to, I guess, try and reach our um, Radiothon targets for those shows that didn't quite reach them during the week of Radiothon. Um, So this is going to be held next, so not this Saturday, next Saturday, the 13th of October, and we're going to be screening a really amazing film called Life is Waiting, Referendum and Resistance in Western Sahara. It will be followed by a post-show live panel um, featuring Kamal Fadel from the Australian Western Sahara Association. So it's going to screen, well, it's going to screen at 6, but we ask you to come along at 5.30 to Loop Project Space and Bar, which is at 23 Myers Place in Nam, Melbourne, um, in the CBD. And the ticket prices are $15 waged and $5 unwaged at the door. But we would also really, really love it if you could dig into your pockets for some donations as well, because as I said, we're trying to reach our Radiothon targets. Um, so please do invite all your friends, family members, loved ones, and any other anyone else who could be interested um, for a really great evening with all the breakfast crew.
0: Amazing. And we have some other, uh, some other community service announcements. So this Friday, the 5th of October, is uh, Done By Law's Trivia Extravaganza. So every year, Done By Law, which is a show uh, that airs on Tuesday nights at 6, uh, and it's brought to you by the community um, the Federation of Community Legal Centres, they have an annual trivia night, which is actually a lot of fun. I've been before and, the, and I'm part of the Done By Law team, so I should go this year as well. Uh, and there's always a limbo competition and great prizes and it's amazing. A friend of mine last year won the limbo competition and it was very, very impressive. <laughs> um, so it starts at 6.30 p.m. at the Fitzroy Town Hall and I, you do need to buy tickets. So if you jump online and search, go on Done By Law's Facebook page and there should be a link.
3: Wonderful. Um, And a few other things. So today um, at, I think it's 6.30, there's going to be a rally in Brunswick, um, or a public meeting rather. Um, So it's been called by the Public Housing Defence Network with support from Moreland Council to inform the community about the dire consequences of the state government's public housing renewal program. Um, There'll be a bunch of um, pollies and other speakers and everyone's meeting at the Brunswick Town Hall at 6.30 tonight um, in support of public housing housing um, and then also want to let you know about a really incredible workshop that's going to be held this Saturday at Incendium Radical Library or IRL Info Shop as it's known Um, which will be a prisoner letter writing workshop that is going to be run by the wonderful Annalise. Um, And, yeah, I think it's taking place, it kicks off at 12 and will be running to about 2.30. So please, and yeah, you don't have to have um, been engaged before or know much about, like, writing letters to people, folks who are incarcerated, but please do come along um, if you're free. Um, And, yeah, so the IRL Info Shop is at 28D Ashley Street, West Footscray, um, and I'll be there. So, yeah, please do come along if you can. And then the last announcement we wanted to make as well is um, I think that tomorrow is a very special day, Ah, I've
0: heard. Yeah, it's
3: actually (laughs) one of the greatest days of the year. Actually.
4: (laughs) Because it, it is, is a good day because it's Friday. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs>
2: excuse me. Yeah, how no,
4: good is going to be and the weekend is coming? It's awesome, right? Because it's yeah. the Petra's birthday, <laughs>
3: <laughs> which he only just told us about. Um, he was trying to keep it from us, oh, but we're so but. excited. Yeah, happy birthday. I know oh, We would sing happy you. birthday on air, but oh. I feel like you wouldn't be very happy with us if we did not. Yeah, die. I don't know if our listeners would
4: be very <laughs> well, happy with it's us. It's not about being unhappy, but... <laughs> It's mm, not required. um,
3: (laughs) Well, for all listeners, please do tomorrow. Just like send your birthday wishes in the direction of a pet.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not giving you my Twitter handle.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But now for the, um, yeah, I guess for our last 10 minutes, we thought we'd, um, I guess, share some alternative news. Yeah. Um Katya, do you want to give a bit of an intro of what we're going to talk about today?
0: Yes, so um, the news coming out of the US is that uh, visas will uh, be not provided to the uh, partners um, of diplomats and foreign nationals who are doing international work in this United States um, to partners of same sex relationships. So in the past um, a a diplomat that was seeking to enter the States could apply for a G4 visa for their partner um, if they're in a same-sex relationship and they weren't married. Um, and now if you're not married and you're in a same-sex relationship, you won't be granted that visa. Um, these visas aren't usually granted much to people in heterosexual relationships, but that's generally because people entering the States in a heterosexual relationship are married. Um, so it's focusing, I mean, it's an extra level of marginalisation upon people who um, don't have access to, um, I guess, same-sex marriage laws in their own country because these are generally people that are applying for visas that are coming from countries that don't have same-sex marriage. Because mm-hmm. i um, right,
3: there only a very small number of the UN member states do yeah, have same-sex marriage. Yeah, it is a
0: really small number, and it's actually only a really small number of families and couples that are entering into the states that will be affected um, but we were talking about this earlier in the morning, just between us, and we were talking about um, marriage as an institution. And you were saying some really interesting things about that.
3: Yeah, because I guess when I like when I first heard about this, you know, obviously it's so blatantly discriminatory mm-hmm. um, and like really homophobic policy. Um, but also beyond that, I guess I, I feel like it really asks us to. Um, Look at the institution of marriage and how support for marriage equality is I guess more complicated than it can seem at face value um, because what this really shows is like how how that can be used as a tool to also further um, you know i guess shore up access to to certain you know legal privileges to nationalism to national identity, um, and that it it really disadvantages all those LGBTIQ folk who either don't have access to marriage, who don't want access to marriage, um, who are opposed to marriage um, for whatever reasons, um, but that marriage marriage equality is used as a leverage um, to, I guess, yeah, reinforce, what, you know, white, middle-class, nationalist values and ideals. Mm. Um, and here in this instance is, is now being used as a gatekeeper to... Um, to be able to stay in the u s essentially
0: yeah it's it's so layered in its um, prejudice mm. in that yeah as you said it 's like on face value we look at this and we say this is abhorrent because it's just um, further marginalization of communities that are already marginalized but then as you said it's this uh, extra layer of if you enter into an institution such as marriage you're granted further rights um, and it forces people so I mean couples say, diplomats and foreign nationals in same-sex relationships can gain entry into the states if they marry. Um, some people don't have access to that in their home countries. It's not an option. Um, or, you should not have to do it if you don't want to. Yeah,
4: you sh- shouldn't have to... It shouldn't be used as a leverage like M said. I think that's the most important mm-hmm. part there. Um, it's supposed to be a choice. It's um, supposed to be a happy choice, choosing to you know, um, commit to something um, your whole life, and I think just in order to do your job or to enter a country, you should not need to mm. forgo all of that, especially like you know the freedom to choose whether to marry, whether to be a you know um, just partners um, or whatever other kind of form of relationship that works for um, anyone. Mm. And yeah, so mm. this is um, it's a slippery slope, so it's just a start.
3: Yeah, and also the way I guess it's. You know, I guess we could also call it a really racist and Islamophobic policy, Mm. even though, you know, again, at face value, it doesn't seem to be that. But it's important to look at it as being discriminatory in a really intersectional Mm. way um, because, um, you know, it it, it is, again, denying um, access to, yeah, living in the States um, to... Again, you know, it might be a small number of people, but I guess the symbolism of it extends far broader than that um, to LGBTIQ people from so many countries around the world who might not have access to marriage. For um, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought here, but you know, I think, and it's also really easy to have an outcry about it as purely. Yeah, homophobic. But we have to look at how these policies both also distract from the myriad of other ways that Trump and the U.S. administration is excluding people um, and locking people up for so many other aspects of their identity. And also how, you know, in this instance, queerness or being in a same-sex relationship intersects um, with people, you know, with with so many other things that are going on. Like you can't look at this sort of stuff in isolation as well. Definitely, no, definitely because I mean, the
0: states in historically have all. So asked different countries where their US ambassadors have gone to that are in same-sex relationships for leeway or acceptance of their own ambassadors to be able to live in that country with their same-sex partners. So it's okay for the state. I mean, and that's under different administrations. That wasn't under Trump. That was, I think, under Obama. So it's okay for the states to ask countries to allow people in, but they're not allowing other people in. And so definitely, it definitely intersects with race
3: as well and ethnicity.
4: Mm. A bit of a geopolitical um, hypocrisy there, isn't Yeah, absolutely.
3: Um, and and yeah. And on that note, um, you know, because it's what it's almost a month, I guess, until the anniversary of the yes vote here in Australia. So is that right? Already, I know. How yeah. yeah. crazy! Oh my gosh. Um, and I know one thing that I would be really keen to do, I haven't really spoken about this with my team, <laughs> this is live to air. This, um, we're workshopping on <laughs> air. <laughs> um, but hopefully um, on Thursday breakfast, um, we'd really love to do some sort of, you know, panel discussion looking at, you know, where are we now one year on from the yes vote? Yeah. Um, and again, I guess, like we've been talking about this morning, the importance of unpacking that beyond face value, that sure, it might seem to be a win for marriage equality, but equality for home um, and on whose terms? Mm. Definitely. Yep. i mean. I'm in for that. <laughs>
0: right. You heard it
4: <laughs> live. i I'm in for that. <laughs> just to point of these politicians, the amount of work they made us go through for a mm. yes vote, when they could have just literally gone and kind of just put Yeah, and the through. amount of harm. Um, yeah, like the fact that you had to put that all to a vote, that's a, it's unfortunate. Mm. Yeah, it should have just been something as simple as saying, yeah, this is... Logical, and it's also the right thing. Spare, let's get on with it. But instead, they wasted all this time to distract us from other more important things that people should be, you know, worried about. This one here, um, it should be a given that you know. People should be free. But, um, yeah, there's more to come. See, you already have an idea what should be on that yeah. panel. Um, we'll be talking.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a nice place to end our show, isn't it? It's a, what did you say? It's, it should be a given that people should be free. Yes, Go a pitch. Day before your birthday, just <laughs> coming out with beautiful one-liners. <laughs>
3: Um, well, yeah, maybe if we we'll wrap up now. Um, thanks so much for tuning in this morning on the 4th of October. Um, we had a really, actually really great, chilled show. Yeah, um, With some lovely chats with both, yeah, the amazing musicians, Alice Skye and also Kellyanne Mumtaz, who are going to be playing at the Gasso next Thursday. Um, as well as with... With Tishan Ahern
0: from, uh, that produce helped produce the People's History of Brunswick tours, um, available online.
3: Which was such a great, funny chat, uh, like about how you know you can have your radical radio and eat your smashed avocado in Brunswick too. Yeah, that's perfect.
0: Three minute journey, and then you can stuff off and get a decaf, short, whatever.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had a soy piccolo the other day. Is that shameful? Probably. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, stay tuned for Lost in Science,
1: um, and tune into Friday Breakfast tomorrow morning.
4: Good morning. Yes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) 3CR relies on the support of ethical organisations to keep our vital community of voices on air and we'd like to thank our breakfast supporters the new international bookshop Nibs at Trades Hall and eco-friendly paper and printing outfit Earth Greetings you can check them out at nibs.org.au and earthgreetings.com.au and if you'd like more information on how your organisation can become a 3CR supporter contact the station on 03 9419 8377